Hello, this is Alexia. Welcome to Hungry for Knowledge, where I focus on practicing sustainability in an environmental way, economic way, and cultural ways. If you don't already know, I have a huge love for cultural anthropology. I read so many books and I am constantly trying to research the latest um, case studies and the latest, the latest research. I'm currently reading this book called Yanomamo by Napoleon Chagnog. I think that's how you pronounce it. So he's an anthropologist who went to uh, the Andes, Brazil, in this low contact tribe uh, called the Yanomame people. And he really got to understand some of their ways. And I, I, thought, I thought about this when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today, because I... I began to understand how civilization as we know it came to be. Some beliefs um, and some theories suggest that civilization as we know it came to be through agriculture. So to better understand this, I'm going to really go into detail. So as humans, prior to agriculture, we were nomads. We were exploring land. We were always moving from one location to another. We were consuming Earth's fruitions limitlessly, yet it wasn't limitlessly because when that environment didn't work for us as nomads anymore, let's say the weather was too harsh or um, the water was too contaminated by other species that were damaging to us. We migrated to a different area and we kind of just went in a circle and we would use as much as we could from that land and migrate and go to a different area. So that gave enough time for the land to really kind of recuperate itself. Um, if you don't know, you're not supposed to use soil and land and all of that to a ridiculous amount because they end up not working for you anymore. The minerals are not as useful, the soil is not as fertile, all of that. Um, so in a way we were able to consume as much as we wanted as long as we continued being nomads. When we finally discovered agriculture is when we really learn how to adapt the environment to our uh, food necessities and our food requirements. Um, doing so increased our livelihood it increased our production of humans so we were able to stay in one location and have food year round doing so decreased our infant mortality rates it increased the life expectancy and we really adapted our environment to us that led me to believe that agriculture is the foundation for the possible cure of our environment's exploitation and I, and I say that because when we settle down and we use agriculture to our advantage, we began to populate at a much faster rate, um, given that infants were surviving longer, given that we were able to maintain multiple generations in one location, we began to essentially overpopulate. Um, so, for example, World Bank does some research, does some counting in 2019, the world had 7.5 billion people living in it. That increase is significant from 1960s, which was about 3 billion people. So to go from 3 billion to 7.5 billion in the span of, I think that's 50 years, that's, that's significant. That, 
that's a call for action. That is something that Earth is not able to sustain. Earth is not meant to sustain that many people. And we see how, how much it's not able to sustain us through the way that our environment is reacting to being overpopulated. So as humans, um, and maybe I, I speak just for the United States or countries that are quote unquote developed, global, the global um, West, we are exploiting our land and we're draining the resources from wherever we can. Some countries in Africa are becoming scarce in sand. It's funny because you would, you would never think sand is something that's gonna be scarce. There's so much sand in the world, but we're running low on sand. There are sand miners there that are transporting sand through different countries um, and selling it for high profits. Sand is used to create glass, it creates some metal materials, and it builds certain homes in these countries. So that is one example of something that we, you know, maybe as an American, we believe that this is abundant. Another thing that we are exploiting is water, it's soil, it's oil, and the list will go on and it will continue to go on. We are taking Earth's gifts and we are consuming them like viruses. And we're not meant to have these, this many people on Earth. While some scientists may believe that the increased uh, population is revolutionary to our, to our development as humans, it kind of signifies like, look, we as humans can live this long. It, is not it's not a good thing we're not meant to at the end of the day we are animals just like there are other animals in this world we are co-inhabiting earth which essentially is killing the the biodiversity of earth and we cannot switch back to nomadism and that that's kind of something that is you know, irrational to believe that we'll just go back to nomadism. I just brought up that example because I want you to understand where the root of agriculture came and how agriculture impacted ourselves as civilizations or as um, really as settled as settlements, as settled people. But there are certain things that we can do to sustain agriculture, to sustain our environment, both economically and environmentally. We can start with shopping at farmer's market on an individual level, you know, so going to a farmer's market is beneficial for you, for the economy, and for the farmers. It is beneficial for the environment. It is beneficial for the land. There's so many things that farmer markets are beneficial for. My roommate and I have designated a few farmers um, in our area in Chicago, not in Chicago, but more like three or four hours away from Chicago, where we will pick up um, chicken, beef, eggs. Um, we don't really do dairy, but if we did dairy, we would go to a dairy farm um, and pick up some products that we can just store in our freezer until we use. The reason that this is beneficial is because it benefits the uh, farmers, for one. They are small local farmers that use a profit from our, from our chicken and beef and eggs to create their own lives, to sustain their own lives, to buy their groceries, to pay for their children's schools, to buy new clothes, to sustain their personal lives. Um, when farmers 
local farmers are getting more money, they're able to redistribute the wealth by the purchasing of more products, uh, which is which is more beneficial economically than it is to buy at supermarkets. Although I understand that supermarkets are a little more convenient, it is not as sustainable in the long run. Um, also, buying from local farmers is honestly tastier. It tastes so much better. It is created with love. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous if I'm talking objectively, but the food is is tastier. You're not being fed a ridiculous amount of hormones. You're not being fed chicken and beef that are being caged and experiencing their entire lives in a cage and trapped and unhappy. Um, so it's almost, it. I don't, I don't want to say it's proven, but it's it is. I guess logical to believe that eating chicken and beef and eggs that were raised healthier and happier are going to in turn make you happier and healthier. But I don't know how true that is. I don't have enough evidence to support that. I don't want to make it seem as if it is the individual's responsibility to create a more sustainable um, earth because it is not just the individual responsibility. We need to address this systematically through the government, through corporations, through the neoliberal systems that exist in the U.S. Um, but as of now, I've just listed some individual ways that we can do this. We can find more ways together um, if you just shoot me an email or a text and we can talk about this. For now, I will link a few organizations um, and a few more, maybe some videos that will help you really learn and understand this if you're a visual learner. Um, you can just go on my website. It is alexiaherrera.org. So that's A-L-E-X-I-A-H-E-R-R-E-R-A.org. And share some of, your, some of your ideas with me. Let's learn and let's create a more sustainable world together.